Hey, how you doing? It's Pastor Jay. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. I pray that this word blesses your spirit, empowers you wherever you are, whether it be your home, your workplace, the gym, or even if you're riding in the car. Look, let's advance the kingdom by spreading this word with whoever you come in contact with. That is my ultimate goal is to spread the kingdom and the message of Jesus Christ. I love you. And once again, here's today's message. Be blessed. Well, how many of you all really love God? Look, God is keeping you right now. In this time that we are in, this, this pandemic, if you're able to look at me right now on this Sunday morning, God is keeping you. He's blessed you far further than you think that he's blessed you. And he's continuing to bless you right now. And so let's look from God in prayer. God, we love you. We thank you. We honor you for who you are. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for this time of praise. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing our homes to be filled with worship and filled with you. So God, as we minister this word this morning, Lord God, please allow your people, Lord God, to catch this word, Lord God, and that it falls in their spirit and causes transformation in their life. So God, we love you. We thank you. We honor you for who you are. I pray that you move Lester Bell Jr. out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can say amen right there. You can type amen in the comment bar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, how many of you all are thankful for life today? I know I'm thankful for life. You know, God has kept me from seen dangers and unseen dangers just this week alone. And I know he's done the same for you. And so I want to say this, happy Mother's Day 2020. I know it looks a little bit different. We're usually at church. We're usually at church with our moms um, because Mother's Day is like one of the biggest days that people come to church. So if you're in this live stream with your mom, just type your mom's name in, in the, in the, in the uh, comment bar and say, hey, mom. But hey, mom, happy Mother's Day. Look, I love you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that you birthed me 30 years ago, almost 31 years ago. Look, I love you and I'm thankful for you. So happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers who are joining in with us this morning. Look, let's not prolong the time. I want to continue along in this great series that we started last Sunday, Rhythm and Flow. Man, that was, it's, it's been such a great series thus far. How many of you all enjoyed the first week? I forgot to give my title last week, too. It's a marathon. I forgot to give that title last week. But uh, it's a marathon that we're in because the race that we are in is not a physical race. We are in a spiritual race. And so this series, I believe this series is going to really help us out and really help us flow into the things of God and flow into who God is and flow and have better rhythm in life because we need not balance in life. We need harmony in life. We need to have harmony in our life because if we don't have any harmony in our life, then things are full of chaos. Things are full of chaos. So I want to use for a topic today, and hopefully Rick Ross will watch this one day in the future. I believe he will. Rick Rick Ross, if you're listening to this in the future, send me a message on Instagram. But I want to use for a topic today, every day I'm hustling. No, I want to use for a topic today, every day I'm worshiping. Now, now the older generation may not get hustling. You may have never heard it before. 
You, you, you may have heard um, another version of that. But Rick Ross, he's a rapper. He, he created this song back in, I believe, the early 2000s, and it was called Every Day I'm Hustling. And so I want to use for a title this morning, Every Day I'm Worshiping. Because our lifestyle should be a lifestyle of worshiping and not a lifestyle of hustling. And so let's, if you got your Bibles, if you got your phones, let's go to John chapter 4, verses 23 through 24. And I know some of you all are excited at this time because we are founded on John chapter 4, verse 24. We are, as a ministry, founded on that. My father, um, who was a great worshiper, he founded this ministry on worship. He founded this ministry on truth. So if you would, turn your Bibles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a, I'm going to read two different versions from you. I know that's unlike me, but I'm going to read two different versions because they have some words uh, that really need to illuminate in your spirit. And so this is what it says in John chapter 4, verses 23 through 24. And this is the amplified classic version. And so this is what it says. Now, Jesus was talking to a Samaritan, Samaritan woman at the well. And so you can go up a little bit further and see some context in this story because Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman. And so this is what it says in verse 23 in the Amplified Classic Version. It says this, A time will come, however, indeed it is already here, when the true, genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, which is reality. For the Father is seeking just such people as these, as his worshipers. And this is the verse that we are founded on right here. God is a spirit, a spiritual being, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And truth can be broken down into reality right there. I want to read this to you in the Passion Translation. So just follow along on the screen. And this is what it says in the Passion Translation. Passion Translation. It says this, From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in the truth. Every day I'm worshiping. The beautiful thing about worship right now is right where you are, your home is a worship, is a, is a, is, is a worship, is, is, a, is, an, is an altar. Your home is a place of worship, rather. Right there where you are, right where you're watching this, right where you're listening to this, if you're listening to this in your office cubicle, if you're listening to this um, driving down the street, Jesus made it clear that worshiping wasn't about being in the right place, but having the right heart. So we understood last week that our heart beats to a rhythm and our blood flows according to the rhythm of our heartbeat. If our heart is beating too slow, then we have less blood flowing to the areas of our bodies, our, or our organs. If we have uh, if our heart is beating too fast, then that also leads to low blood flow. And so Jesus understood the power of the heart because that's why it's important for you to guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. And so Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman and was saying this. He said, from here on, worshiping the Father would not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. 
And so a lot of times people think they have to come to church in order to worship God. No, you don't. I, I, I came to dispel that myth. You do not have to be in the building to worship God. Now, I'm not saying that you should just forsake coming to church. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that your life shouldn't have to wait on Sundays, shouldn't have to wait until Sundays or Wednesdays to worship God. You can worship God right where you are. You can worship God in your you can worship God in your home. You can worship God in your bathroom. You can worship God in your kitchen. Right where you are, you can worship God. And so I want to talk about something, something a little bit scientific. As some of you all know, I'm a nerd. I read like a book a week. I'm always reading. I'm always trying to learn something new. And so um, I was watching this YouTube video on worship, and it said that worship can be likened to this. Worship can be likened to Newton's third law. What is Newton, Newton's third law, Pastor Jay? What is Newton's third law? Newton's third law is this. For every action, there is an equal or opposite reaction. So we're going back to science class. We're going back to third grade science class this morning. And it's okay. It's okay. God made the science. So we can go back to science. So for every action, there is a reaction. And so if you all see this ball right here in my hand, and hopefully the, hopefully the media team can zoom out before I stand up so my head won't be cut off like Magic Kelly and the Proud family. Um, but for every action, there's a reaction, right? And so, so I have this exercise ball in my hand that I haven't been using because I'm out of shape. You know, and God, what's, what's, so, what's so beautiful about this illustration is we were, uh, we were, we were filming this and God was like, go get the medicine ball. And the praise team was on their last song. So I had to run from the church to the fellowship hall. The reason they sung four songs today is because your pastor was out of breath. And so my actions have caused me to be out of breath. So my rhythm and flow is off because I hadn't been working out. So I need to work on my actions. So when I run not even 100 feet, my reaction won't be to be panting for breath. So I, I need to get back in the gym for sure. I need to bust the pavement. But for every action, there is a reaction, right? So that's Newton's, Newton's third law. So I have this medicine ball in my hand. And for every action, there's a reaction. So if we can zoom out some, are we zoomed out some? Okay. So for every action, there's a reaction. So when I do this, there's a, there's a reaction. When my action is to slam this down, there is a reaction, right? Because... My action is, is slamming this against the ground, and so the reaction is the bounce that, the, that, that, that comes back from the action that I gave. So your worship can be likened to this motion of action and reaction. How can you say that? Because worship is like this. When we understand who God is, which is revelation, then we have a response. When we understand who God is, which is revelation, then we have a response. So our action is the revelation of God, and our response is the reaction that we give to that revelation of who God is. I'm going to say that again. Our action is the revelation. Our action is the revelation. But our response is the response to the revelation that God under, that, that we understand God for who he is. And that's why the scripture says that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit 
and in truth. And so in order for us to understand worship, we have to understand the one who created worship. And so that means that I need to change my reality from hustling to worship. I need to change my reality from hustling to worship. Hustling is a lifestyle. Every day I'm hustling. Hustling is a lifestyle. See, a lot of us have a lifestyle of hustling where we're just hustle, 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 hustle. And we have that lifestyle. And what happens is when we have that lifestyle, we end up more tired than we are um, able to really experience the life of God because hustling is a lifestyle. Now, Hustling is a lifestyle, but worshiping is a lifestyle as well. See, worshiping is not just a song that you sing. Worship is not just a slow song. You close your eyes, you get some goosebumps, and you feel good for a second. No, worshiping is a lifestyle. And so when you live a lifestyle of hustling and not worshiping, usually when you get to the end of the day, you feel that there is something missing. I say that again, when you live a lifestyle of hustling and not worshiping, usually when you get to the end of life, you feel that there is something missing. See, when our rhythm and flow is about hustling to get in life what we think we want, then we miss out on what we need because worshiping is a lifestyle. Hustling is also a lifestyle. So if every day I'm hustling and every day I'm not worshiping, then when I get to the end of life, I think I've gotten everything I wanted. But when I get to the end of the life, I feel like there is a void that's missing. See, a lot of people have voids in their life. I used to be like that. I used to have a void in my life. I used to feel like there's something more to life than just this. There's something, something more to life than just this. So when we understand that that something more is God's will being fulfilled in our life, then we will live a life of worship. See, God wants you to live a life of worship. See, listen to this. Hustling in this life will always push us further away from worshiping in our spiritual life. So when I'm always hustling in my physical life, I'm always hustling, I'm always trying to be a go-getter, always trying to go get the next the next big thing, trying to secure the bag. And really, instead of securing the bag, we should flip the bag because when we secure the bag, we're just holding on. But when you are a worshiper, you become a giver. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But the race we are on is not a physical one, but a spiritual one. The race we are on is not a physical one, but a spiritual one. Because the battles that we fight, we're not having battles of, of flesh and blood. We're having battles of of high principalities, places unseen, things unseen. And so that means that when I worship God, then my life becomes more like who created me. See, our life should be like the one who created us because we're made in the image and the likeness of God. We're made in the image and the likeness of God the Father, God the Son, and God Holy Spirit. And so since we were made in that image and likeness, then it is up to us to worship God so he can show us that image that he created us in. See, a lot of people will never know the image that, that they are created in because they are too busy, too busy trying to hustle and not busy trying to worship. And so your life should be a life of worship because hustling, listen to this, hustling is a physical aspect and worshiping is a spiritual aspect. 
See, hustling is a physical aspect, and we're talking about rhythm and flow here. See, worship, has, worship will alter your rhythm and flow for the better. Hustling will alter your rhythm and flow for the worse. And, and so, listen to this. This is what it says in John chapter 4, verse 24. It says this. It says, God is a spirit, a spiritual being. So God is not this physical being where we hustle to get to him. God is a spirit, a spiritual being, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. See, when we worship God, we worship him in our spirit and not in our flesh. When we worship God, we worship him in our spirit man and not in our flesh man. So that's why it is important for us to really worship God in our spirit and not in our flesh. Because when we try to worship God with our flesh, then we sometimes miss the mark. And God doesn't want us to miss the mark when it comes to worship. See, God is not concerned with how hard we hustle to get things on earth. God is not concerned with how hard we hustle to get things done on earth. God is more concerned with how we connect with him through our worship. God is more concerned with how we connect with him through our worship. See, worship is more of a lifestyle that you have in response to the revelation that you receive of who God is. Let me say that again because I got excited. Worship is more of lifestyle, more of a lifestyle that you have in response to the revelation of who God is. See, when God reveals to you, because revelation is just revealed knowledge, when God reveals to you who he is, then you see God on a different dimension. You see God on a different um, plane. And then your worship goes to another plane too when you see God on a different plane. And so this is what it says in Psalm chapter 50, verse 23. It says this. It says, the life that, that pleases me is a life lived in the gratitude of grace. Now this is God talking. Always choosing to walk with me and what is right. This is the sacrifice I desire from you. If you do this, more of my salvation will unfold for you. And so when we worship God, then we start to see more of who God is. See, you ever notice sometimes people just have a surface view of God? Well, God just keep on blessing me. God just keep on being good to me. Yes, he keeps on blessing you. Yes, he keeps on being good to you. Yes, his, he reigns on the, on, on the just and the unjust. Yes, we get, get that. But I believe God is saying, I want you to go deeper in me. I want you to go deeper in who I am. I want you to understand. It. Whoa, whew, that was good. I want you to go deeper in who I am. Because we understand that I am is the name of God. And I am, because he told Moses, I am that I am. And so when we go deeper in who God is, then we start to see more of the life that God wants us to live. See, you can't go deeper than, than, than who, you can't, you can't go deeper in God in your flesh. You cannot go deeper in God in your flesh. It won't work because the scripture says that the flesh and the spirit are constantly warned against one another. See, the flesh wants you to move one way. The flesh wants you to hustle. 
The flesh wants you to get everything you can get, why you can get it, why the getting is good. But the spirit wants to give because God is a giver. And so that leads us to our next point. But before we get there, I want to read this to you in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. It says, through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. And so God wants us with the fruit of our lips to worship who he is and worship him. Because when we worship him with the fruit of our lips, we worship. See, fruit is good. Fruit is good for you. And so when you worship God with the fruit of your lips, you are worshiping God in, 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 in the goodness of who he is because he's been good to you. And so in order for us to in order for us to have the right rhythm and flow, we need to first change our reality from hustling to worship. Another reality that a reality shift that we need to have is we need to change our reality from getting to giving. We need to change our reality from getting to giving. See, hustling is all all about getting. When you're hustling every day, you you're just out trying to get 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 as much as you can get. But when you worship God, then you understand. See, a lot of times people think that God is trying to get from them. God is trying to take this from me. God is trying to take this from me. God, why are you trying to take this from me? But God is more of trying to give you who you truly are. Because when you worship God, then he shows you through his, through his nature who you truly are. He, you become refined to that image. See, worship is just this. You become refined to the image that God created in you from the beginning of the earth. And so worshiping is about giving. Worshiping is about giving. See, worshiping is not just about not just about giving God your um, your your worship in in spirit. Worship, you can also worship God in your giving. You know, that's why you always hear me say, let's worship God in our giving. Because when you worship God in your giving, it's just saying, thank you, God, for blessing me with what you blessed me with. See, God doesn't need our money. He needs our heart. And because when God has your heart, he can change your ways. He can change your habits. And so when God has your heart, he can mold your heart into the image and likeness of who he is. But a lot of times people get in church and they feel like the church trying to get money from them. And um, the church trying to get, and yes, I get it. There are bad, there are bad apples in the bunch. But I believe God is more of a giver. He's trying to give you more than you can handle. And so this is what it says in Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. It says this, And the third time the accuser lifted Jesus up into a very high mountain range and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all the splendor that goes with it. All of these kingdoms I will give to you, the accuser said, if only you will kneel down before me and worship me. But Jesus said, go away, enemy, for the scriptures say, kneel before the Lord your God and worship only him. See, the enemy will try to trick you in thinking that getting the worldly kingdoms and their entire splendor is why you're here. See, the enemy will try to trick you into thinking that like, okay, well, you're here to get wealth. And yes, yes, God has given us the power to get wealth. Yes. But 
that's not why that's not the only thing why we that's that's not the only reason why we are here it's not for us to get the world's kingdoms and their splendor see the enemy wants you to get wants you to wants to get you to think that life here is all about hustling and having see the enemy wants you to think that okay well if you have this type of socioeconomic status or if you have this or if you have this status um getter then you'll be good then you'll be you'll be in the high ranks but life to god is more about high ranks because god is more concerned about your heart and your worship more than he is concerned about you trying to hustle to get what you think you want and so god wants us god wants to give us his unshakable kingdom and see the enemy wants to give you kingdoms of the world in kingdoms of the world, they will all fade away. But when you worship God, then you, you worship God in spirit and in truth. And you understand that God wants to give us his unshakable kingdom. And he has given us his unshakable kingdom. It's within. Because the kingdom is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. And so since the kingdom is within you, then that means that I need to seek God first. Because when I seek God first, then he will reveal to me what's already in me. And so that's why it's important for you to have a lifestyle of worship, because when you have a lifestyle of worship, you seek God and not the things. And because when you seek God and not the things, then you start to see that the kingdom of God was already within you, and you start to see that coming to your reality. See, God wants us to worship him so that he can reveal to us what's already within you. See, God, see, the truth of who God is is already within you. It's just up to you to seek God for who he is. And so it's important to seek God. Say, somebody type that in, seek God, seek God, seek God. See, when you truly worship God, you are giving him your heart, and when he has your heart, he can change your ways. When you truly worship God, then you are giving him your heart. And when he has your heart, he can change your ways. See, a lot of our ways have not been changed because we believe that God is trying to get something from us. A lot of our ways have not been changed because we believe, we, God, you trying to get something from me. God, oh man, God trying to take this. God trying to take away my independence. God trying to take this away. But God is not a taker awayer. I know I just made that up because, you know, I like to make up words here. Anybody know the word I made up last Sunday? If you don't, just go back and watch last Sunday. It is available on Facebook and YouTube. But when we worship God, we become more like him. When we worship God, we understand that God wants to give us the kingdom. And so this is what it says in John chapter 3, verse 16, if you don't believe that God is a giver. It says this. It says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his son, his only begotten, unique son, so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. But this is this is the key point I wanted to, to, to stand out to you. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he gave. And so God is a giver. God is not this person, this, this being, this spiritual being, rather, because God is not a person. God is not this spiritual being that wants to get from us. Get, get. God is not a get God. God is more of a giver. 
This is what it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says this, According as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to the glory and virtue. So God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And so God is not a taker, God is a giver. And so when I worship God, then I understand that God is not going to, God is not trying to get something from me, God is trying to give me him. See, we sing the song here, give me you, everything else can wait. Give me you, I hope I'm not too late. See, when we ask God to give us him, then he, he, he gives us more of him and we become, we become in awe of who he is. And when you become in awe of who he is, then you start to see his splendor on a different dimension. You start to see his splendor for who he is. You start to see God for who he is. And so God wants us to worship him so we can understand that God is not trying to get from us, but he's trying to give to us. Because worship help, helps us move from God is trying to get something to me, to God is get something from me, to God is trying to give something to me. He's trying to give me himself. And so when I worship God, then I understand that God is a giver and not I'm going to get this from you. And so we, we, need, we need to change our reality from hustling to worship. We need to change our reality from getting to giving. But lastly, we need to change our reality from my truth to God's truth. We need to change our reality from my truth to God's truth. See, we live in an age now where people are saying, well, this is my truth, and this is my truth, and this is my truth, and that's your truth, and this is their truth, and we got all of these truths. We got all of these truths. But there's only one truth that, 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 that remains supreme over all of these truths because your truth can be subjective to somebody else's truth. And so in order for us to know the truth, then we must know the truth. Because when you know the truth, it will set you free. And who is the truth? Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And so when we know Christ, when we worship God for who he is, then we worship, we, worship, we, we understand the truth of who we are because our life is hidden in Christ. See, the truth about you is not that you are a hustler, the truth about you is that you are a worshiper. I'm going to say that again. The truth about you is not that you are a hustler. The truth about you is that you are a worshiper. See, God created you to worship him so you could become more like the one who created you. And so when we understand that God created us to worship him, we become more like the one we worship because we are made in the image and the likeness of God. See, you'll never become who you were created to be living a lifestyle of I'm trying to hustle to get to this life that God has for me. See, a hustle mentality is this. These are my plans. God, you co-sign. I'm going to continue along with my plans. But a worship lifestyle is this. God, I submit my plans to you. I submit my truth to your truth because I know your truth remains supreme above my truth. And so when I worship God, then he reveals to us more and more of his truth. And he reveals to us more and more of who we are. 
And so that's why it's important for you to get into the presence of God. And I believe the beautiful thing about this pandemic is he's making our homes altars. See, he, he, wanted to, uh, he wanted us to understand that the church is not just this building that we come to, but the church is you. Because you are the temple of God. God lives within your heart. And so God wanted our temples to be moved to our homes so that when we go home, when we leave church, when we, because I believe God is, I, I, I'm praying that, that, you, that we can come back soon because I miss you all. I really do. But I believe that God is, is teaching us that when you leave one place of worship, you can go to another place of worship in your home. You don't just have to be here on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights, on whatever other programs we have to worship God. You can worship him in your living room. You can worship him in your car. There's been multiple times I've been driving down the road and I just, I just started worshiping God. And I just think about the goodness of who he is and tears just start to flow down my face because, and this just happened recently because God has been, you know, so amazing to me in this time. God has been so good to me and Lady Pilar. God has been so good to the people of NBCC. It just, it just, it just, it's, it's really hard to put words to it because it's, he's been that good. And so I'm in, when I have a revelation of the goodness of God, then my response to God is to worship him. And so that's why we need to get into our word and have an experience and an encounter with the revelation of who God is, because when we get into our word and have a revelation and an encounter and an experience with who God is, then our response to who God is changes. And so our response to God should change based on the revelation that we receive. And when you receive more revelation, you, you, you get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in worship. Because you understand that God has been good to you. God has kept you. You understand that, that God, he, he as, as my dad would say, God hadn't brought you this far to leave you. Because the scripture says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So that's revelation right there. That's, that's, that's revealed truth. That's revealed knowledge. And so that should change our heart posture towards God and, and show us that we need to worship God for who he is. And so listen to this. When you follow Christ, you find the truth of who you are. See, you will never find the truth of who you are in hustling. Because if you always, listen to this, if you're always hustling, then you really miss life. If you're always just tunnel focused on trying to achieve what you think you should achieve and you want to achieve, then you really, you really miss out on life because you are focused in a tunnel. But God wants to worship. See, when we worship God, then God expands our horizons. God expands our viewpoints. God, God takes us from tunnel vision to there is this huge, vast world of what I created. You know, like there'll be sometimes I'll just be driving down the street and I'll just look up into the clouds and just be in awe because I understand that God made the clouds. And so I just be in awe in how he shaped the clouds and how he, how he molded the clouds and how he painted the clouds and how you can see sun rays coming from the clouds and how you can see the sun behind the clouds. I just, I just be in awe of that because I understand who God is. I'm not in tunnel vision. See, I used to just be in tunnel vision. Okay, what, I, what do I need to do 
to get this life? What do I need to do to get what I want? What do I need to do to make sure I get what I need? But, but God will supply all of our needs, and he has supplied all of our needs. And so listen to this. You may get some stuff while you hustle, but you will still fill a void in your life. You may get some things that you want. You may get that car. You may get that house. You may get that watch or the chain. You may get that thing that you're hustling for. But what's the purpose of getting that thing that you hustle for if you're going to lose your soul in the end? Because your soul is more important than what you try to hustle for. And so God wants to fill our hearts, our vo- the voids in our hearts from hustling so long because we've been hustling, 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 hustling so long that our rhythm and flow has been thrown off. And so God wants to fill that void with truth. God's truth fills that void. And so when you worship God in spirit and in truth, you are created more in the truth of God. I'm going to say it again. When you worship God in spirit and in truth, you are created more into the truth of God. See, when we worship God, our image is transformed into the image of who God sees us as. When we worship God, our image is transformed into the image that God has created for us from the beginning of the earth. So true worship changes the inner man to reflect the God image. True worship changes the inner man to reflect the image of God. And so when I truly worship God in my lifestyle, I worship God in, I worship God when I first wake up. See, when you first wake up, you shouldn't jump on your phone. I used to be guilty of that. First, first thing I do when I wake up, I look at my phone, I check my phone, make sure I don't got no missed emails. But God had to call me on the rug on that and say, Look, your life is going down a path that you don't want it to go down. All because you are checking your phone instead of checking in with me. See, how you, how you open up your day is how you will live your day. So if I open up my day trying to... See, hustlers open up their day trying to hustle to get the next deal. And then when they get to the end of the day, then they, they feel like a void. Like, man, I, what did I do today? I feel so unaccomplished. But when you open your day up in worship... When you open your day up in solitude and silence, and we're going to get to meditation in week five, I believe. But when you open up your day with, with, with just stillness, then you, you understand who God is. Because the scripture says, be still and know that I am God. But when I'm opening up my day trying to move, 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 then I've already short-circuited my, short, short my day because I'm trying to hustle to make sure my day is accomplished. See, see, we should open up our day with worship. We should open up our day with God, I thank you. Thank you for allowing me to see this day. Because a lot of people don't get to wake up in the morning time. And so our day should be open with thanksgiving. Our day should be open with worship. Our day should be open with praise. And when our day is open like that, then the rest of our day flows better. It doesn't matter what circumstance comes my way. It doesn't matter what deadline comes my way. It doesn't matter if I get into a fender bender, if I get into an accident. I'm in a mode of worship, and I'm in a mode of thanksgiving, and, I, and I'm in a mode of, of reverence to God. And so I know when I'm in that mode, then God will keep me throughout that day. It doesn't matter what's happening in that day. God is going to keep me. 
And so it's important for you to open your day with worship. This is what it says in Psalm chapter 86, verses 11 through 12. It says this. It says, teach me more about you, how you work and how you move so that I can walk onward in your truth until everything within me brings honor to your name. With all my heart and passion, I will thank you, my God. I will give glory to your name always and forever. See, when you, when you live in a lifestyle of worship, then you have influence. You have influence. I give you all a perfect example. So at my job, um, we have this side door, and um, the Holy Spirit had, well, they had permitted us from going in that side door in the morning time. We can walk out in the evening, but they don't want us to go out because it's a safety issue. And so one day, this, uh, I, was, I, was, I came to work, and uh, this was one guy that, that I uh, worked with. He, uh, he tried to open the door for me. I said, no, I'm just going to take the long way. And, he, and he, he came back and told me, uh, just the other day, he said this. He said, man, you helped change, like, my viewpoint. Like, I don't come through that side door anymore. I don't have anybody open that side door up anymore. I just walked a long way. That's because I was living in a lifestyle of worship. See, worship affects everything you do. See, worship is not just closing your eyes for a few seconds and lifting your hands. And, and, and it's, not, it's not that. Worship is you worship. You see, when you worship with your lifestyle, you surrender to God with all that you have. And so God wants us to, to surrender to him with all that we have. So when we surrender to him with all that we have, when we worship God with all that we have, with a true heart, with a pure heart, then we can affect others because others will see that our life is a lifestyle of worship. And so that means that that affects how I talk to people. That means that affects how I treat people. That affects how I, how I have um, certain reactions to things, certain actions to things. It affects all of that. Worship affects all of that because you surrender your heart to who God is. And this is what it says in Psalm chapter 103, verses 1 through 2. It says, with my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you. The holy God, Yahweh, you are my soul celebration. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? And so God wants us to worship him with our whole heart, with our whole life. And when we worship God with our whole heart and with our whole life, then we start to see more of the goodness of God happen in our life. See, listen to this, and this is what I'm going to close on. When you hustle all of your life, you get to the end of your life and find out life isn't about hustling because it affects your rhythm and flow negatively. Hustling will affect your rhythm and flow negatively. This is what it says in Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 36. It says, Jesus summoned the crowd along with his disciples and had them gather around. And he said to them, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own, your own life, and you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own, as you continually surrender to my ways. For if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. 
But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. For what, for what use is it to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of your own life? So, so your, scripture, your version may say this. It may say, um, what's, the, what's the purpose of gaining the whole world but losing your soul? And when we hustle all our life, that is, in essence, gaining the whole world and losing our soul. Because our lifestyle should be a lifestyle not of hustling, but our lifestyle should be a lifestyle of worship. Because when you choose to worship God in spirit and in truth, you affect your rhythm and flow positively. And you produce fruit that not only helps you, but helps others. And so I, wanna, I, wanna, I want to challenge you to, to switch your reality from hustling to worship, to switch your reality from getting to giving, to switch your reality from your truth to God's truth. Because God's ways are higher than our ways anyway. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so when we submit our life to God, our whole life, then we will gain life. But when we try to gain life without submitting our life to God, then we miss out on who God is. And so I want you to change your rhythm and flow from hustling to worshiping. Hallelujah. Let's look from God in prayer. God, we thank you for this word that has just gone forth. I pray, Lord God, that, that this word has pricked your people's heart and that it will cause them to move from hustling to worship, from getting to giving, from their truth to your truth. Because we know your truth remains supreme above our truth. So God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for each and every person who will watch this or who will listen to this um, on this Sunday, on, on the days to come, in the weeks to come, in the years to come. So God, we love you. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.